show. <laughs> What's up, Muni Radio? Thank you. Thank you so much for this very special show. We are going to be playing a game uh, while the comedians do their sets. Uh, to quote Mark Neuer, Jesus motherfucking Christ, what a lineup. We've got uh, seven excellent comics that are going to do their jokes for us tonight. Uh, but first, I'm going to let me introduce myself. Uh, my name is Chris Holstein. I'll be your host for tonight. Give it up for me. Give it up for the host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. That's, that's what that feels like. Uh, <laughs> um, I am... I'm going to do a little bit, and then we'll get into the game show. Um, <laughs> my mind just went blank right as I was ta talking. Uh, where was I going to go with that? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm super nervous right now. Uh, oh, right. We're at Muni Radio. Thank you for our Muni Radio from the Mission, San Francisco. We're coming out live to you on the radio, muniradio.fm, if you... Uh, if you want to check out more live shows. Um, oh, you know today, well, do you guys know what yesterday was? Yesterday was the official one year anniversary of me performing stand-up comedy. So I, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's right, I, I actually made my debut last year at the Rooster Tea Feathers new talent competition. Uh, I did not win, surprise. And uh, in that year, I've been performing and I've been doing more competitions. And two weeks ago, I was back at the competition again for the second time, second year in a row. I did my set. Shocker, I did not win. <laughs> you would think that after a year, I would feel like I'm better at doing comedy. But obviously, as those first 30 seconds can show you, I'm not. Like, there's so much to learn uh, and but that you will not learn in your first year. Um, <laughs> But, uh, oh wow, I'm losing all the intro I had. It's just disappearing from my brain. <laughs> and I don't have my phone, so that's really super unhelpful. <laughs> my phone has my notes. No, no, my phone has my notes. <laughs> what was I going to say? I don't even remember. All right, you know, I'm just going to go into my set. I'm going to start opening my set. I'm going to do some very excellent crowd work with the four of you, the three of you. Uh, hey, who here loves movies? <laughs> You, ma'am, on the end, uh, what is your favorite movie? Me. Yes, you. Lady whose name I know. What is your favorite movie? Labyrinth. Labyrinth with David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly and Jim Henson's puppets. What a great movie. I know, actually, I kind of knew that was your favorite movie. I can, you're, I can see your package is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, my God. I grew up watching Labyrinth. I... I didn't know until recently that he wasn't doing the, the trick with the crystal balls. I, I was like, oh, David Bowie can do that? Of course he can. He's magical. And then I saw a behind-the-scenes video where there's like a, a, a magician who's like rigged to David Bowie's shoulder and just has his arm around and is doing it in the shot. Did you know that? It's insane to see because you're like, oh, that David Bowie's not magical. He can't do that. <laughs> it, ruined, it really does ruin the illusion of the movie full of puppets and shit. Swamps. <laughs> All right. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Let's let's keep it positive. Positive energy, everybody. Um, last year, I set a personal record. I watched 382 movies. Yeah, that was that is true. And uh, let me inform you, I do have a four-year-old son, so he also set a personal record and watched 382 movies. His favorite was Deadpool. 
Yeah, you guys like Deadpool? All right, yeah, see, see, some people, people still like Deadpool, people like Deadpool, and, you know, now, and now that it's a movie, and Disney owns Deadpool now, and I hear a lot of people wondering whether Disney's going to make more Deadpool, and I'm like, that is not a valid question. Do you really think Disney bought that cash cow to sit on it? Like, did you, did they buy Star Wars and not make a single film for five years? No, they made five films in four years, so they're definitely going to be making more Deadpool. But here's the thing. They're going to water it down, and they're going to make it super family-friendly. It's going to be like Freddy Krueger or George W. Bush. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Um, but I, 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 also, I do love movies. Um, everything I know I learned from movies, like uh, action movies taught me how to fight. Uh, comedies taught me how to laugh. And war movies taught me that no matter who you are, where you're from, eventually white people will come and fuck with your shit. That is a fact. <laughs> All right, let's get super personal. I suffer from anxiety, insomnia, and depression. Sometimes I shorten that down and say I suffer from AIDS, and that usually concludes the gangbang. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've never been in a gangbang. Look at my face. <laughs> I've had more PlayStations than I've had sexual partners in my life. <laughs> All right. The good news about insomnia is that I've almost done reading Wikipedia. The <laughs> The bad news is I just read the page on Slenderman, so now I still can't sleep. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to think with my comedy where I'm trying to, um, instead of being so negative, which I tend to be, I'm trying to acknowledge things that I'm thankful for. Like, for example, I am thankful that I'm married. I am thankful that I tricked a woman into marrying me before I became the most swipe left profile on Tinder. <laughs> Uh, I'm also thankful for my smartphone because with my smartphone, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, I can be completely checked out of reality. You guys have seen reality, right? Yeah. It's not pretty. I don't want to be checked in. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Where are we going next? We are going to, after that, uh, anxiety, insomnia, depression. I already did that joke. I'm totally blanking up here. Um, ba, 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 ba. Oh, yes. You all know this. I am adopted, and I was raised by white people. Uh, so even if you have a thing for Asians, the only Asian thing about me is my face. So luckily, I live in America, where Western standards of beauty are biased against Asians. That's always fun. Uh, but you know, it, I don't mind being considered ugly. Like It has its positives sometimes. You know, like. Who wants to get blown in a bathroom by a Bay Area open mic groupie? No, really, who wants to get blown in the bathroom because I've got to make money somehow and comedy does not put food on the futon? <laughs> it's, a, it's a sad living out here. Uh, we're roughing it. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask the audience a question. I would like for you guys, I'm going to do a show of, show of, by round of applause, clap your hands if you think I look like the kid from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Go ahead. No? No one? No one? Clap your hands if you think... All right, we're going to move on from that. <laughs> um, I'm not the kid from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, in case you didn't know, but we do have some things in common. Like, for example, we both grew up being called the kid from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> uh, yep. And the second thing is that we both grew up with deadbeat dads. 
So that's fun. Are there any deadbeat dads here tonight at Muni Radio on a Friday night? Yes, there's one. Oh, the guy whose anniversary it is tonight? Awesome. He is very impatiently waiting for me to get off the stage. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say that as a, not only as a father, but as a stay-at-home father, I am, I'm not going to, I don't, I committed to my family. I'm not going to be a deadbeat dad. Like, at this point, I'm going to raise that fucker, and he's going to get educated, and he's going to get a job, and he's going to be able to afford his own house. Because then, the final phase of my ultimate plan can start, which is for me to just give up completely, like, more so than is already apparent, and uh, I'm going to live with him. And I'm going to give him back everything he's given me with interest. I'm going to make him cook me every meal, and I'm going to complain about it. I'm going to throw Legos all over the floor so there's nowhere to walk that isn't painful. Uh, I'm going to sleep in his bed every night and just kick him the entire time. Uh, what else? Um, oh, I'm going to punch him in the balls at every single opportunity. <laughs> Because as it turns out, all along, I was not teaching him. He was teaching me. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening to my stupid ass. Uh, <laughs> we are going to get this game going uh, in just a minute, as soon as I can remember what I'm doing. Okay, so we're here to play a game called Password with our comedian friends here. Um, how this is going to work is I'm going to hand out a pair of tickets to every single audience member. The comedians do not get cards and every card has a word on it and during a comedian set if you if they say the word that's on your card go ahead and just raise your hand up with the ticket i will come and collect it uh and then but after the after they're set i will bring come up stage in, in between and we'll tabulate the points green car, uh, green ticket is worth one point and a red ticket is worth negative one point so we might have people getting zero points might have people getting one point might have getting negative um, but the point is, we want to let the comedians do their sets, and then I will just try to tabulate the points in between. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, so I will hand these out very briefly right after my intro. Our first comedian for the night, um, he is very funny. He just hosted the previous show here at Mutiny Radio. He's, go he's all around the Bay Area. Um, I've met him three times, and by that, I mean I've met him on three different occasions because I cannot remember his name. Um, the last time I saw him, I showed up at a mic, and he was there with two other friends. I walked into the bar. They approached me. I almost shit my pants because I thought I was going to get jumped by some manga hoods. And <laughs> and uh, turns out all along, like most of my stories, I was the judgmental asshole because he did his set. It was brilliant and funny, and uh, he's going to be brilliant and funny again tonight. His name is Alex Woody. Alex Woody. You actually look like uh, Professor Miyagi. Like you look like his younger brother that never got the attention, never did anything with karate. You know what I mean? Like you just stuck with the books. You know what I mean? I like that. God bless you, sir. Uh, it's really great to be here. I almost had to put one of my wife's pads on. Ladies, I know why you use them. Woof. Leakage. You can use it for other than red stuff. You can use it for brown stuff, too. Wow, yeah. They call coffee a diuretic? More like a shitteretic, guy. Wow, this is legal? This is legal! Come on, Pete. This is like Coke. I felt like I was in 2011 when I thought the Mayans got it right and the world was gonna end. Remember that? You did just a fat line across the table. You remember, Pam. And you just woke up with a family and a headache. 
Gotta go to rehab, Alex. Fuck you, mom. Okay. Welcome. That was the definition of a shit-eating grin. That was a great smile there, buddy. Unbelievable. Um, I went on the keto diet. Lost 60 pounds. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I keep the wall in the back. No bitch. Back problems. Get the fuck out of here. Lost 60 pounds. Found out I was uncircumcised. Yeah. Yeah, I give money to the Hooded Warrior Foundation. Let that one side of line a little bit. Yeah. A little angry at my mom. She didn't want to pay that $300. Then I found out when I had a kid that I didn't want to pay the $300. So now my son and I are both walking around with dirty dicks. Just got to keep the evolution going, a generation of dirty dicks. Making females feel uncomfortable. I um, obviously have an extra chromosome. Let's just get that out of the, out of the way, all right? And I need to find a job because my wife is getting on her last string. I'm surprised we made it to six years, which is today. There you go. And um, got to get that finance in order. Want my balls back. You know what I mean? When a woman pays for everything, it's like, what, I got a clit or a dick? You know what I mean? Like, how pissed off is my grandfather in the grave right now? You know what I mean? Like, look, look at this motherfucker. Hardly working. Crying during Benjamin Button. What kind of generation did I leave behind? You know? But Grandpa, guess what? I'm applying for jobs. But I don't know how it's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could put on my resume doing a line of Oxycontin in the Home Depot parking lot as a skill. Like, I don't think making a bong out of a pineapple counts as a trade. Like, I didn't go to Fremont, you know, and hang out with those guys, right? That's a biotech joke that didn't fly. I don't think my references are going to work out. <laughs> Obviously, I've got a big mouth, but you haven't met my mom. Italian, curly hair, born in Hawaii because grandfather was in the Navy. Yeah, she's got a big mouth. I'd bring over girlfriends. Alex was three weeks late. Really ripped me a new one. Stitches. Mom, I wanted her to touch it, not throw up on it. Just, you guys never had moms that said too much? You're from fucking Danville. You know what I'm talking about. I'm from Pleasanton. They said like way too much. You get a couple pinos in them. Woo! Xanax, hey, we're rolling. We're talking politics, you know? <laughs> but I think I came up with a solution with the job. 
I'm going to put down companies that aren't in business anymore. I see here you worked as a manager at Sears. Oh, yeah, head of the sales department. Head of the refrigerator department. Knew how to open them, knew how to close them, empty them. I see here you're the manager at Toys R Us. Oh, yeah, I know how to talk to moms. Fix a bike tire. No big deal. We see you're the manager at Blockbuster. How old are you? Child prodigy. You're an idiot. Get out. Just get out of here. You know? Unbelievable. But that one reference that would just screw it all up. Hi, we're looking for... Darren? That's the wrong motherfucker! Yeah, hi, we're calling about Alex Woody. That motherfucker owed me $40! I just peed my pants, so I gotta go. Yeah, don't want to get blacklisted by Safeway. These are the thoughts that go through your head while you're on the couch after you hit the bong, like... I can predict what's going to happen. This is why I need to stay here and watch Netflix. I don't need to go out there. And then my wife, she's Latina. She's just like, you chingada. Are you ordering a burrito or calling me a bad word? I don't know Spanish. I got to get a dictionary. I was uh, a little high. Normal. Wasn't driving the kid, but I was walking. All right? I felt someone on the back of my neck. You ever get that feeling? I'm walking, and I see someone following me. What the fuck is going on? I'm not wearing leggings. <laughs> Why is this guy following me? Right? I'm walking, I'm walking. I'm like, this guy keeps following me. I finally have the courage Women, I now know what courage means. I finally have the courage. I think someone's getting beat, beat up or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ, someone needs courage out there. You motherfuckers. Threw me off, you fucking piece of shit. Um, God damn it! <laughs> Fuck! Ah, is the party over yet? Oh, I totally lost my fucking... Spot on that. Uh, I am promised myself I'm not calling women whores anymore. They're huns. You know what I mean? I gotta stay married. You know what I mean? I want another six years. Anyways, there goes that fucking joke. Um, you know, you can tell a guy's fat when his shoelaces are tied on the side. Just can't really reach the shoelace. I feel like I'm dying. Like I went on the keto diet, lost the weight, but I just feel like I went from medium fat to slim fat. And now I'm feeling like I'm fucking dead fat. I feel like I got Crohn's disease, fucking body dysmorphia. I haven't even taken the 23andMe, but I think I got sickle cell. Like, I'm no scientist how that works, but may have it. You know what I mean? I'm pretty tan. Oh, I just remembered.
So I finally have the courage to turn around. This is that joke where I got thrown off. That's how weed works. It comes back and forth. And I turn around and I say, what do you want from me? I was like Jennifer Love Hewitt, but like bloated with a receding hairline. I look like a Penn State alumni, like a guy that could fuck a family of four like, and burn your house down. Like, this is disgusting. Like, you want to get high and go out with this haircut and not be paranoid, everyone looking at you? Like, she thinks I'm a rapist. Oh, my God. Like, this is, come on, Becky, hurry up with the coffee. You know what I mean? Oh, my safety net. And it's not a hood. It's a hat. Okay. You got that guy? Got that to run? God, I've been all over the place in this mic. Basically, when I turned around and scared the shit out of the guy, he said, here's your DoorDash. Don't kill me, please. Aggressive, medium fat guy. I don't know what's going on next door, but I want to be involved. You know what I mean? Thank God. God bless you, sir. Um, anyone jerk off in here? I don't know why you're applauding. That guilt has been overriding the fun. I think I was having a little too much fun. See, when you get married or when you get in a relationship where you care about someone, that guilty feeling you get, it's incredible. Horribly awful. And I just blended like three words that describe bad. And I think it's the same guilt that people that murder people get. Like you're in the bathroom, like, what did I just do? What a mess. And you'll grab anything to clean it up, right? Stuff out of the hamper, mom's sweatshirt. Right? Like, your mom's like, why don't I have a cum stain on my sweatshirt? Like, ooh, puppy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm going to finish that bim and with this, ladies, if you see your man walking out of the bathroom guilty, he just murdered his dick. My name is Alex Woody, and I have ADHD. Give it up for Alex Woody. He's going home to not have anniversary sex. Boy, well, she was listening. Uh, Alex, you got two tickets, red and green, so your point value is zero, if it's appropriate. Uh, you said wife, or no, you said diarrhea first, and then uh, you said wife at some point. I don't even know. Uh, I was too busy looking for other shit. Yeah, it's like the second word out of your mouth. It's like, my diarrhea! <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. Uh, so that's how it goes, okay? So uh, again, if you want to swap out tickets, uh, you can do it now. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll move on. Our next comedian is... I have to look at notes because I just wrote all these intros. He's, uh, he's always full of surprises. I don't have the greatest antidote for him other than uh, I was at SFO a few months ago uh, getting on a plane, brag, and um, I, was, I was waiting for my plane and I was sitting in the Cat Cora bar, double brag, and I was talking about comedy with my friend, and uh, this guy on the other side of me is like, oh, are you a comedian? I was like, no. <laughs> uh, but it turns out, the guy next to me overheard me talking about comedy, and then asked me if I knew this next comedian. He's like, oh, I'm a big fan of his, blah, blah, blah. And I immediately 
texted that comedian and was like, this guy knows your name. You should be careful. <laughs> um, so he, he's been performing at comedy clubs all over the country. Uh, you can hear more from him if you listen to Laugh USA on Sirius XM on channel 98. And uh, his primary defining feature is that he is tall. So let's please raise the roof for Paul Conyers. Anesthetics prescribe a certain fertilizer. Homegrown computer-wise on the microphone. Utilizing tracks and vertebrae. All right. Well, I, I don't want to go out on a limb, but I think that tall shit, you guys might have figured out on your own. I'm not sure that needed to be said. Uh, all right. Career's on fire. I'm vaguely recognized at a lounge at an airport occasionally. So, yeah, this is... Uh, we're doing good. Give it up for your host, Chris. He's uh, he's doing great. Also designed my uh, merch. He designed my shirt. So if you need some some cool shit, uh, hit him up, man. He did he did great work. That that uh, that that shirt it sells great. I won't be doing any material tethered to the merch tonight, uh, but you'll just have to take my word for it. So uh, are we are we having fun so far? This is a pretty cool show. I enjoy this. Uh, you know, I, I like uh, you guys are are, are comedy are, are legitimate audience members, and that's great. You seem like you're kicking it, you're having fun. That's cool, man. You know, we uh, you get weird fan interact. I'm using fan pretty loosely. Uh, you get pretty weird audience interactions sometimes when you're doing comedy like uh i was doing a show up in ukiah a couple months ago and uh this guy was like all about it he was like he was so generous and everything but he was also obliterated drunk and afterwards he was like oh my god dude that was that was so funny do you do you want a shot I was like, oh, man, thank you so much. I appreciate that, but it's a long drive. I really shouldn't be drinking. He's like, oh, come on. It's just, come on. It's one shot. It's one shot of Jack. I was like, no. And then we talked for like five more minutes. He's like, you sure? Come on. One shot. And I was like, all right, I'll take one shot of Jack. And he was like, awesome. It's in the trunk of my car. Let's go. And I was like, oh, no. I was thinking more at the bar, like with the sterile cup and stuff. Uh, but he was like... He was he was getting like progressively more drunk, but he was also just kind of helicoptering around me and the other comics, and because uh, he he wanted to do comedy, I guess, but uh, he was too drunk to really be able to express himself. So me and the other comics were just kind of hanging out in a group outside after the show, and almost everyone else had left, and he was just kind of like hovering around our our circle. He's like. I want to do comedy and just, you know, just really trying to insert himself without inserting himself. And, uh, and finally he was like, he kind of just walked into the group. He was like, I want to, I want to be a comedian. I want to do comedy like you guys. How can I do that? How can I be a comedy person? And, uh, we didn't really know what to say, but my friend was like, uh, who's a comic. He was like, well, you gotta, you know, you gotta work really hard and go to a bunch of open mics for a long time. And he was like, well, I'm never going to make it then. And I was like, yeah, okay, this guy gets it. You might actually be okay in comedy. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be all right. Um, but I, I'm, having, I'm having a good day. Uh, I, uh, I got blocked by my aunt on Facebook. So it's been a, it's been a good one. Anyone, uh, anyone have very uh, active and very conservative relatives on Facebook? They're the best man i i have a lot of i have a lot of very conservative relatives and uh it's just it's just you know it's kind of been weird my whole life like they used to send me checks for my birthday but they would include a 1099 and they'd be like happy birthday do the right thing like i'm eight why is this okay uh 
anyway, my aunt, she has a very interesting profile picture. You know, I got an update like, hey, and she's updated her profile pic. And I, I looked at it, and uh, this is the profile picture. And I'm not making this up. She has, it is a portrait, not a picture, a portrait of Donald Trump. And uh, he's sitting at the Oval Office, and he's writing presumably some piece of legislation. And then over his shoulder, hand on hand, is Jesus Christ. I, I shit you not, yeah. Uh, now I, you know, I don't know who's inspiring the words of Donald Trump, but I, I think it's safe to say it's not the Lord. Uh, I mean, uh, for one, I think between the two of them, one of them should have figured out you can't just capitalize words like on a whim. There's we have we have grammar rules here. I got a lot of problems with the Bible, but structurally speaking, from a grammar standpoint, it holds up pretty good. You know, if you ran th- that thing through spelling and grammar on Google Docs, they'd be like. It's total bullshit, but it's uh, no errors. You're, you're good. You, feel free to print. Uh, so anyway, the reason that I, I got blocked is because I decided I would caption the uh, the picture. And, uh, and I thought it was funny. She didn't think it was funny. I'll see what you guys think. But uh, I wrote, my son, there is no D in hamburger. And I thought that that was, I thought that was funny. And she didn't... Uh, she didn't like that. Uh, that's fine. Uh, you know, families, families. I don't. We're we're in a. My family's. I'm I'm 33, or at least I will. I'll be 33 next Wednesday. So I mean, I'm like, you know, my family's. They're getting up there. You know, like I feel like the only like the only time I ever see people at, like my relatives anymore is at like a funeral. You know, like it just they're they're kind of dropping uh, frequently these days. Like have you ever you ever sometimes you ever been to like a family gathering and you just look at your oldest relative and like you better make it through the summer. I just I'm sorry, Grandpa lives six hours away. I'm not made of vacation days. Uh, don't, don't hug him too tightly. I've got tickets to a concert. Um, I, I I don't know, man. But by like. I don't know how I'm supposed to take that kind of news. Like my, my mom called me one time sobbing just in complete hysterics. She was like, great uncle Lewis died. And I didn't really know what to tell her. I was like, all right, mom, like he was 94. This feels like a text. You know, I feel like this is not shocking. Like my world isn't rocked by this information. You know, like, I don't know, like what, what am I, I'm supposed to like, oh my God, not uncle Lewis. He just got new bird seed. Like what? Like there's, he's, he lived a good one. Let's let him, let's let him check out peacefully. Uh, I, but I mean, I don't know. I'm not being, a, I hope I'm not being a dick. Like I don't like if I died tomorrow, I don't think my family would be shocked at that either. They, yeah, I don't think I don't think so. They were like, "Oh, you mean the guy with mild gigantism who once ate charcoal because he thought it was an Oreo?" Yeah, that tracks. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, I don't. My family is weird. Like I said, very conservative, and uh, a lot of them are from the South. Uh, I actually have a, a town named after me uh, in Georgia, Conyers, Georgia, founded my by uh, my great uncle. Uh, I don't really have a joke to that, but uh, I think it is a little silly i don't know like what explorer would be like wandering through america get to the middle of georgia and be like perfect (laughs) let's 
set up shop here. Uh, but my, you know, my family, uh, they, they think I'm the weird one and, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ask them about it. Like, cause you know, they, they, the, our whole state is like on the shit list for people in the South. And I was like, man, what is everybody's gripe with California these days? And, uh, I asked my, my cousin this and he was like, I'll tell you the problem with California is you Californians can't accept reality. And uh, I was like, absolutely, that's us. Unlike you guys in the South who think the Civil War is like still up for grabs, you know? Uh, And uh, it's not. I don't care how many reenactments you want to waste your weekend on, but that game is over. You can take a knee, all right? You know, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You know, like Civil War reenactments, they do that shit every weekend how empty is your life man like dude i lost a college basketball championship my senior year it broke my heart i don't want my descendants to like recreate the game in 150 years you know like try to improve upon the strategy i think they should have set more screens in the second half like no dude just go live your life you know um I was in uh, I was in Wyoming one time. Let's say it's for a gig to establish credibility, and uh, I, w- I was at a bar and I was uh, talking to this guy, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm from California." And then another guy that I was not talking to overheard me and yelled, "Fuck California!" And uh, I turned. And I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, you heard me. Fuck California, because you think we're just a bunch of flyover states." Now. That's weird for a couple reasons. One, he told our entire state to go fuck ourselves and then immediately complained that we don't visit more. You know, like, I don't quite understand the distinction. I don't get it. Look, I'm sorry Dre and Tupac weren't rapping about South Dakota love or some shit, but don't take it out on us. My advice to our friends outside of California, you don't want to be a flyover state. Why don't you build some shit? We want to land the planes near. Hey, hey. Until then, maybe cut California a little bit of slack. Do you like movies and food? Well, that's our handiwork, so settle the fuck down. All right? You want you, you want us to hand, like, the Marvel franchise to fucking, like, Wyoming or something? I can guarantee you they're going to have trouble casting Black Panther. I Just right out the bat, I, I see issues there. Uh, I saw another guy post on Facebook... Uh, not related to me, but he was like, ah, nothing good comes out of California. Now, I mean, let's ignore the irony of him posting that from his iPhone, Cupertino, to Facebook, but uh i mean californians we've got our problems i'll admit that exportation not one of them in terms of sending shit out to the rest of the world what other state could lay a glove on us oh well we're the number one manufacturers of can openers shut up delaware (laughs) we don't even know what shape you are (laughs) i don't (laughs) telling the joke for six months haven't looked it up not worth my time uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe we've got some weird-ass beliefs, but, like, can't accept reality. Like, the Southerners have some pretty weird shit that they hold pretty tightly onto as well. Like, did you guys know that uh, they, they think that Jesus is, like, just around the corner? Did you? This is a fact. Did you know that 58% of Southern evangelical Christians believe that in their lifetime, Jesus is coming back to earth? 58%. That's almost three out of five. And I'm sorry to any Southerners that might be listening. I don't mean to throw fractions at you, but honestly, like that, talk about arrogant. 
you know, you think that for 2000 years, Jesus is waiting for you specifically like, God damn, when the fuck is Kevin going to get here? I'm ready to get this reunion tour going. 2000 years, guys, 2000 years. Jesus has sat the bench throughout the bubonic plague, two world wars, occasionally makes a cameo on a piece of toast. I'll grant you that. But uh, what you think because you come along, he's going to get up and drop that second album. Get the fuck out of here. Come on, man. And also, like, let's not forget, evangelicals are the most conservative people on the planet. You really think they want Jesus coming back to America? This is a brown bearded guy from the Middle East who wants to heal people for free and doesn't speak English. You wouldn't let the motherfucker in, right? Like, that guy is getting stiff armed at customs the moment they open his file, you know? Well, let's see what you can bring to the table. Oh, a carpenter. Well, we don't have any of those. (laughs) No, he's getting denied the moment they find out he has no last name. They're like, of Nazareth? Stay the fuck out of my country, you know? Uh, um, that was fun. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's, uh, I, I, uh, I don't, you guys seem cool and I, you know, I, I feel like uh, I've bonded with you. I'll share something that uh, that I don't share with a lot of audiences because I get a lot of pushback. Um, I uh, I'm a, I'm an anti-vaxer, proud anti-vaxer. Anybody else in in the crowd tonight? Anti-vax? Anybody? You two? Any? No? Okay. All right. I feel like I'm getting some judgmental looks here. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I should clarify. Uh, I think the vaccines work. I just hate children. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, whatever we got to do to tidy things up around here, uh, uh, I am all about. I am, I am on board with. If you're gonna take the advice of a Playboy bunny, then yeah, why would you, will you listen to an amateur comic? Did you know car seats cause restless leg syndrome? Like, what else can we, what what else can we get away with? Baby food causes vertigo. Just anything that is gonna get the job done. Uh, I don't know. I like I, uh, you know, whatever. You could believe whatever you want to believe. Um, I, uh, but you know, who am I to judge? Like I, I went to high school with the girl and, uh, she is a legitimate anti-vaxxer and, uh, she's been the mother to six beautiful children. Um, not at the same time. Uh, you know, they, uh, they kind of come and go, but what, what I'm saying is before they take that big trip to the elementary school in the sky, they seem to like really have a, a good life. Uh, I, I know I've lost you. Uh, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because, you know, I, I got my dog vaccinated recently. Uh, I did. And look, I mean, the whole thing is like, oh, vaccines cause autism. Vaccines cause autism. And so I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried. Like, I don't know if the vaccines have given him autism, but he has gotten very good at blackjack. I can't figure it out. But this guy is sitting on 15 and winning. Like, how is he doing it? Like, I was so proud of him. I pen him six times. Exactly. No more, no less. He's got a real thing about that. And uh, uh, <laughs> that. You guys are, you guys are great. Can I, I'll leave you, I'll leave you this. I, I, I don't do a lot of impressions, but would you guys like to hear the one impression I do? Uh, this is, uh, this is my, this is my impression of, uh, of an unvaccinated kid. Stay with me. Uh, this is an unvaccinated kid on his 
on his fifth birthday. All right. This is my impression of an unvaccinated kid on his fifth birthday. God damn it. I'm halfway through my life. I've got nothing to show for it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I had a lot of fun with you guys. Thanks for hanging out. Bye-bye. Keep it. Keep clapping for Paul Conyers, please. Paul Conyers. That was incredible. Um, Paul, um, are you holding a, a piece of paper that says Facebook or Netflix on it? Okay. Which one says Facebook? Can I have that, please? Thank you. I know. You got here late. You got one red card and it's negative. So that's a negative point for Paul. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, I know you got to get going, but I got a consolation prize for you. But I have to ask, are you East Bay? I am, Conquer. Okay. Um, I have a gift card to Drake's dealership, which I will oh, never shit. which I will never use because I never go to the East Bay. And I also have, speaking of merch, uh, one of my I'm so white buttons, which I think you could use. So now people will know that you're tall and white. Oh. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'll I'll get it to her after I leave. (laughs) (laughs) Our our next comedian, uh, he has a science fiction comedy blog called 14 threes which is written out as the words 14 threes.com i have no idea what that content is but i'm actually going to check that out because i do love science fiction and comedy um i will quiz him about that after his set uh other than that his name is tim pita he's going to make us laugh all right let's give it up for pam and samurai cop I was, uh, it wasn't Data, it's Samurai Cop. That's what it is. Uh, but you gotta imagine him shirtless and with a and with a sword and a noble look and like uh, the powdered like uh, the bangs that go all the way back. Samurai Cop. Ben Holstein, Samurai Cop. I pitched that. So banged. Uh, I just got engaged. Yeah, it's weird. It's like. Uh, like uh, a lot of weird body things started happening. Like uh, I had to grow this beard because uh, I went to the beach and I took my shirt off and uh, people wanted me to sign autographs for, they thought I was Lana Dunham. So uh, yeah, I got kind of awkward after a while. And then uh, I met this girl, we got engaged. It's uh, really fantastic. I'm trying to do like sweet things to keep it interesting. Like. Uh, we had an anniversary for like, I don't know, like, eight, like two years or something a while ago. And uh, we we're just going to take it easy. She was going to like uh, bake a pie. I was going to barbecue later, blah, blah, blah. She's like, uh, will you drive me to get breadcrumbs for the pie? So I drove her to the park. Huh. <laughs> it, it ducks. Yeah, yeah, the breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah, I like animals. Ducks, turtles. Turtles are really great because, like, they're so calm and fluid and floating around. They got their shells, their little baba heads with the mouths that come out. And they're just so happy. You know, like, well, every time I'm down, I try to think about turtles. And it's like, you never see a turtle just like, Flip over, turtles are joking his fucking life! 
Well, it goes in his shell and he internalizes it. Get it? Turtleized? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I work in an office uh, with one other woman that's like around the corner, like 20 feet. And she watches sports by herself. Um, listening to one woman watch sports by herself sounds like bad sex. I know what bad sex sounds like. I was raised by a single woman. So I'll be like typing away on Microsoft Excel and, uh, you know, from the other room I hear this like, oh yeah, come on. I'm like, yeah, get it, yeah, yeah, it's good, get it, yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? You know, like a, like a pivot table or some shit. And she's like, no, 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 you idiot. And I'm just like, fuck. Like staring at a pivot table with the weirdest heart on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's no good. No good at all. Um, it's getting weird out here in the uh, streets of San Francisco. Um... I was like over down on Octavia, and uh, I saw this uh, like black goo on the ground with like sweatpants smushed in it, and then there's like 30 pigeons just everywhere eating it. It was gross. It was absolutely disgusting. Hello. And uh, yeah, it's uh, oh god. I haven't told jokes in like a month, in like a year and a half, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this is a good one. Just, just, just wait for it. <laughs> um, do you remember how this joke started? I know there's a screaming hobo at some point. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, all right. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. So. The other day, I'm down on Octavia Street, and I see this fucking hobo, and he has this suit that he looks like he's been wearing for, like, his whole entire life, and he's just, like, walking around in circles, like, and might I add your honor? Just, like, freaking the fuck out. And might I add your honor? And then, like, it's like, like, he was in court, and he was like, and might I add your honor? That's, like, right when his mind split in half, and he birthed into a hobo. So, goes to the streets, like, does crack. You know, I, I've got a theory about this because I went record shopping, I went down to Amoeba, I came back two hours later, and his suit was just on the fucking ground in that black goo I was talking about with all the fucking pigeons. I think that, like, if you live in SF and you become homeless and then you, I don't know, smoke crack, do heroin, whatever they do, I think... After a while, you just explode into 45 pigeons. It's like molting. Did I have other jokes? Oh, yeah, have you ever seen a baby pigeon? <laughs> this is harder than I remember. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do I have any other ones? That's like 10 minutes. Oh, I don't know. Cheese songs? Cheese songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to make up songs with cheese puns. It was like, uh, till I'm look at me now. Yeah, like every time I get like down or depressed, I just start singing cheese songs. Because I mean, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? 
Like, you can't be a, b- a bitch just while singing cheese stuff. Uh, like, you gotta fight for your right of hearty. They don't have to make sense or be good. You just, you just have to do it. And then you just realize that you're laying it down with a beard and a hoodie and uh, a cosplay hat for uh, Dale Gribble. Um, so that's me. I'm uh, Timothy Pizza. Uh, if anybody wants dick pills, I hang out by the post office. <laughs> Tim Pizza! What an amazing set. I, uh, I don't feel so bad that I fumbled through my set. Uh, Tim, you uh, said the word cops really early on. You got, a, you got a red ticket, so it's a negative point. Cops? That's all right. So you got one negative point. Uh, your uh, consolation prize is uh, an I'm So White button, which, hey, that's great. And um, I have a free comic book day. Starburns presents issue number one, uh, comic book, uh, with stories by Patton Oswalt, Dan Harmon, and a bunch of other people. I have not read this, this book. I put it immediately in a bag on the board like I do all my comics. Thank you. I have boxes of comics. I have boxes of comics that I, I literally just bag and board, and I, so I'm like, someday I'll read them. Someday I'll catch up on Dark, Dark Knight Metal anyway. Um, that, was, that was a lot of fun. I've, I've never seen any of your stuff. That was great. I love it. <laughs> um, excuse the cards, please. I, I just wrote these intros. <laughs> uh, our next comedian is, uh, well, he's a comedian just like me. He's a filmmaker just like me, and he's got amazing hair just like me. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he defeated me in a comedy competition the last time I saw him. And uh, if you want to see him continue to dominate, uh, go out to Rooster Tea Feathers this Wednesday, April 24th at 8 p.m. He will be competing in the semifinals of the Rooster Tea Feathers New Talent Competition. Give it up for Gregoire. <laughs> Right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to put these here. These aren't my notes. Um, yeah. Okay. Hi. Hello. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Bend it one way. It won't give you the unbend. There we go. Hi. Hello. Lovely to see you all. I'm obviously straight. Um, <laughs> wouldn't that be great if I were just like, so I was like flirting with this chick the other day and like... <laughs> Mm, fun. No, I am gay, uh, and I'm the only gay person in my entire family, and I really like that, because I like to pretend that everyone else is a muggle, that I'm the only one who can do magic, you know? And it's somewhat true. I mean, as a gay man, I do have abilities that no one else in my family has. Um, <laughs> I, um, I knew I liked boys when I was about 13-ish, and I really should have known earlier, because when I was 10... I legit thought that um, sex ed was a person. I was like, wait, who is this? Who is this sexual Edward? I need to know when he's getting here. Like, this is, this is interesting. Um, and I'm not, I'm not like an expert at fashion. Like some gay men will be like, of course I dress well. I didn't spend all that time in the closet for nothing, which is great. Not mine, that's Maxwell Barrett, some internet person, credit where credit's due. But like in my case, 
I don't think I like came out of the closet. I'm pretty sure I came out of a pantry. Is was the situation. Like there were snacks involved. I was nervous. I needed some consolation. And I didn't know like I didn't know whether my parents were going to accept me coming out, right? So I just ended up being like, "Mom, Dad, I um I we're fresh out of pita chips, so I'm going to run to Trader Joe's and get some. Just let me know if you guys need anything else, and I like boys, and I'll see you later. Okay, bye. And they were like, yeah, you pretty much had us at pita chips right there. Like, that was that was pretty clear. Um, I feel good today. I feel good. I got some good gym time in. Jim is my boyfriend, and yeah, he's great, and... Um, I'm his boyfriend too. It's a mutant, like a mutual boyfriend having situation. He's so great because he's he doesn't really exist, and I no, but I do. I like to keep in shape. I like I I love yoga. I it's you know it's nourishing. It's good for the body. All kinds of digestive benefit. Did I say yoga? Sorry, I meant yogurt. That was my mistake. <laughs> yeah, yogurt, yoga, tomato, mushroom. Um, <laughs> But I do, yeah, no, so my name is Gregoire, that's, it's a French form of Gregory, and as a kid, I really hated that, I did not, because I was just like, okay, parents, you had a regular, you had a good, you had a perfectly good name, Greg, and you just decided you needed to add more letters and sounds to it, that's a very French thing to do, I'm French, by the way, if, you know, in case I wasn't gay enough already, it's just, both parents, and any other gay men here tonight? Yeah? All right, okay. Meet me after the show. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That's, that has already happened. I think. Probably, I don't know. Um, no, but that's good. Um, I just, no, but I really hated my name because I was just like, what could, why couldn't I just have a regular name? Just a regular name. Like Tyler, you know, or Ben, or Trayden, or whatever. Like... It just, it was too much. I was picking up a prescription and the pharmacist, you know, she first, she asked me, you know, date, for my date of birth, I go, oh, 8, uh, 8 12, 1992. And she looks at me, she goes, no. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get it lost in each other's eyes for a moment. And that didn't happen. That was a lie. But um, she did get to my name and she was like, okay, so this is for, oh, I can't pronounce that. I was like, not with that attitude, you can't, lady. Like, come on, I'm here to help you. This is, I'm in a position. Let's work together. Like, we don't have to be so defeatist about this. And sometimes people will guess at my name and then they'll just come up with something completely different. Like, this one person said, like, is it Georgie? I was like, okay, yes, I'm white, but I'm not that white. Like, I'm not Georgie white. It's, um, I, um... But I get excited. Now, whenever my name's on a list, like at the doctor's, I'm just, it's this kind of game of like, what am I going to hear today? You know, what's, what's going to be the, uh, what's going to be the thing? Um, and my name has an accent on the first E too, which, gay. It's just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love it. Computers hate it, but I love it. That's like, I, anytime I'm ordering something, you know, online, I just... Love that filling in that shipping info because I'll put it in there just to see what happens, you know. And the package will come. Uh, e with an accent doesn't make it ever. 
it's either it's it's either left it's just a, a space or it's like g r ampersand copyright symbol question mark the letter q for some reason g o i r e i don't know it's just this <laughs> it's entertaining it's entertaining um my dad's name is even more french like what's the most stereotypically french name you can think of just yell it out pierre that's his name and jacques is my middle name and I live in a house with a man named Pierre, so that's endlessly entertaining. He he is the friend. He's one of the Frenchest people you will ever meet in your life, except that you know he's uh, likable, and and he inspires me too. Like I mean, he he came to this country you know thirty years ago with three dollars in his pocket because he had credit cards, so he didn't need to carry cash on him. <laughs> Still, he's he's an inspiration. Um, so, I just, a lot, and a lot of people like to make fun of French people. And let me just say this: please keep doing it because we need that. We just we're so annoyed. Like, you know what the French word for walkie-talkie is? It's talkie-walkie, which <laughs> I don't. I like. I just. I think. Like, let me let me just give you. Here's a French word, right? Yeah, that's pronounced tal. So already we have three silent consonants <laughs> because that was deemed acceptable. No, but you look at a word like walkie-talkie and you just decide to firstly switch the order for no reason and secondly just forget about silent letters halfway through. I'm sorry, halfway through. It's just, I so resent it. So if you want to, you know, like hold a fake cigarette and, you know, make noises, you have my blessing. Be my guest. <laughs> Be our guest. You know the drill. We occasionally deserve a taste of our own government-funded medicine. Yeah. And like, if you make fun of us, like, what are we going to do? You know, throw a baguette at you? Declare war on you? Oh, watch out. Watch out. No, but I don't get me wrong. I do love being French. I mean, we gave the world some of the best things. You know, we gave the we gave the U.S. the Statue of Liberty, you know, shining beacon of, of hope and, and freedom and opportunity modeled after a sex worker for some reason. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know quite why. It's because we are French. We're going to say, like, it, I don't know. <laughs> um, but we gave you French kissing, too. You're welcome for that. No, seriously, anytime I see a couple making out in public, I walk up to them and I squarely just kind of put my face in there and go, hey, hi. I just want to let you know that um, I'm the reason that you get to share this moment. My people invented this. <laughs> um, yeah. And French people, we don't have any social filters. Like I asked my mom the other day, I was like, mom, so how would you say like, um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude or, you know, not to be rude, but, and she looked at me and she was like, I don't know how you would say that in French. Like, <laughs> doesn't really translate linguistically or culturally for that matter. You know, we're a lot more honest with our, with, you know, about certain things like parenting. You know, like here, American parents, like moms will be like, can you think of any greater joy in the world than being a mom? And French moms are like, yeah, I can definitely think of 
you know we get so excited when like when our toddlers say their first words we're like oh my god you know what french parents say when their toddler says their first word they just go shh calme-toi i'm gregoire thank you guys so much Reacting reverb, conscious spots on your nerve. I'll take a break like James Brown to the bridge. Keep it going for Gregoire. All right. The, the self-hating Frenchman. <laughs> uh, Gregoire, I don't think you had any cards on you, so you were at just at zero points. But uh, I have, you know what I have? Because I have like 500 of these. I have a button that says I'm so white. Which is going to be great when you go back to France. Um, I also, because you're a filmmaker, I have a Blu-ray of Tree of Life. Oh, Terrence Malick. <laughs> but why don't you go and, uh, you know, make a Terrence Malick film. And uh, I also have, I'm being really facetious. That's, I <laughs> and I have a t-shirt from a band. Yeah, they're called the Dead River This is the Dead River Rebels t-shirt. I, it's going to go great with your Katie Lang shirt. So... <laughs> Here you are, sir. <laughs> Look at that. You come to the show, you get prizes. You just have to just make fun of yourself the entire time. <laughs> um, our next comedian is no stranger to the room because she is the director of Mutiny Radio. Uh, she is the producer of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for the last four years, and she has the biggest karaoke boner I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, she's here pretty much every day, uh, hosting, producing, recording, and you can listen to every show live at mutinyradio.fm. Uh, until then, she's going to be going on a little tour to the Pacific Northwest from May 10th to the 22nd. So if you're in Seattle or Portland or anywhere in between, please come out and see her live. Um, I have to say, you know, Pam, Joke Workshop was like the second open mic I'd ever been to. Um, and, you know, I brought, I, brought, I brought my camera guy. And it was honestly like I walked in and I knew this, this was a very special place. And I, I, I love coming back here. I love being here. I was so honored that you let me be part of the festival this last month. Um, and everyone loves what you do for the community. <laughs> everyone, please make some noise for Pam Benjamin. <laughs> Keep it going for Chris Austin over here. <laughs> it's very easy for me to make fun of your people for I have a cold right now, so I'm very stuffed up in my nose anyway, so it's fine. I have one f- French joke. Is that I am not gay. My name is Guy. I'm a regular American guy. So I'm not French, but I do have a cold. It's not even allergies. Right now, it's so crazy in San Francisco. Like, I can't tell who has allergies and who's on cocaine. So it's different than normal. It's like, usually, that usually means something. Not now. No one can tell. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I don't have allergies. Um, this, is, it, this has been a crazy week for me. I lost my sense of taste and smell. Yeah, it is, it is, it is almost suicidal. It is really difficult. All I can taste is texture. I should go eat some foie gras. Like, it's just going to be like cat food. Like, I could actually eat cat. You could trick me right now and give me cat food and say that it's foie gras. And I'd be like, of course it is. It, I have no idea what anything. I had a Thin Mint last night to test. It tasted like nothing. Tasted like a crispy. It tasted not like nothing. It's really, it's really, I hope I get it back. It's been really difficult. But for people who are at the show who are performing, even Actually, if you're not even performing, I made a bunch of weed food today. There's these really, I have no idea. I, I never burn bread, but I couldn't smell it. Like it, I had to, anyways, there's weed 
food back there. I have no idea what it tastes like. I tried to eat one. And I was like, well, the texture of this is a little overdone because I couldn't smell it. There's nothing funny about this. I'm just really bummed about losing my sense of smell. I just have to talk about it because I have no other place to, I can like sit in front of the, I can talk to my cat about it and be like, cat, I can't smell it. It's great. I can't smell the litter box. If any of you are having children, I can do diapers. Like, right. It doesn't matter. I took the compost out last night. Didn't fucking matter at all. I was like, like on the, on the bus today, I could sit anywhere I want. It doesn't matter. I can sit next to any person everything is fine nothing nothing it is so weird it's like being in a dream and I'm like for the love of God let me wake up anyways I cook for a living so it's kind of like <laughs> the only thing you can taste is salt because it's actually a feeling in your mouth that's what I did today I oversalted myself on purpose and I'm like oh, I can feel something I also had a tablespoon of habanero nothing absolutely nothing I know it's really it's the worst thing that's ever happened jokes <laughs> sorry it's all right I gotta maybe I'll be able to write something about it someday I hope I get my taste a sense of taste back I would honestly rather be blind right now than have lost this t you don't even realize until something goes away how much you miss it it's like I don't know anybody have an ex-husband <laughs> I still don't miss him either that's funny no, it's it's weird. There's a lot of a lot of weird stereotypes that go along with people um, in the color of their skin and the whatnot. My ex-husband is an African American gentleman, and uh, he was the first person I ever had sex with. I was very um, religiously raised, and I just was like, oh, being naked in front of someone, Jesus wouldn't like that. Although Jesus, as a 33 year old man, saw me naked all the time, so I don't know what the big deal is. But so I married this black guy, and we'd been together forever, and we'd go to these parties, and people would be like, oh yeah, you married a black. Like his dick is enormous. It is it's exactly what you're thinking, you know, perspective. So I left him and I moved to San Francisco. No, I met my first wife, I slept with my first white guy, and I was like, holy fuck, your dick is enormous. And he was like, kind of standard, really. And I was like, perspective. Not every stereotype is real. What I'm saying is I'm not a racist. Don't be a racist, everybody. Not all dicks or have any different size. I slept with an Asian guy and I did the same thing. I was like, damn, you've got a huge dick, bro. And he's like, it's pretty average, actually. And I was like, wow, six inches is standard? I thought that that was like the big model. It's okay. It's cool. No one else has an ex-husband they like to shit on? Nobody, just me? Awesome, that's good. I don't like to shit on him. He's a nice man. He's, he's remarried. He has children now. That's good for him. He has kids. He always wanted kids. I didn't want to have kids. Anybody have kids? I know you have kids. You like your kids. You're a good dad. You have kids. You good dad. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I would not be a good mom. That's just the way it is. You don't want me to have kids. Actually, it's so funny because I can't even drink right now because I'm like, I can't taste it. What's the point of drinking? <laughs> okay. Uh, but I drink, I usually drink a lot and I really enjoy drinking and smoking huge amounts of marijuana. And uh, I don't want to have a baby. And I feel like right now... Um, you know, I had a really painful period the other day and I was like, wow, the entire Supreme Court is still inside my uterus and that hurts and that's painful and difficult. But so they're in there and they're like, oh, you should have a baby or whatever. I'm like, I don't want a baby. I'm 44 years old. I'm already, it's not going to, 
woof, we're gonna, I'll just stay away. I used to be a special ed teacher. I'm done with that. I used to get paid for it. I'm not gonna do it for free. I don't want a kid. That You know what I'm saying is, like, I'm sorry, I'm 44. My eggs are no longer, don't make me have a baby, America, right? I like to drink. My eggs are not pickled for longevity. I don't want a baby. Don't make me have a baby. If I have to have a baby, then I'm gonna have to get some new tools to drill some holes in my boyfriend's trunk so the baby can breathe in the car while we're hanging out in the bar. Do you see, I don't want a kid. I'm going to put it in the trunk because I'm the nanny. Who is gonna, who are you gonna pay to take care of the kid when I'm drinking? I'm the nanny. So you it's safe in the trunk. And then it's not where it's gonna go, right? It's just gonna sleep or whatever. And then it's at four, it's still gonna wear one of those little backpacks with a leash so it doesn't run out into traffic because it's like, my mommy doesn't love me. <laughs> she didn't want me in her life. Yeah, and then it turns seven and I'm in like this parent-teacher conference in kindergarten or whatever it's like been passed it's just not succeeding and the teacher looks at me and she says um Ms. Benjamin uh, your teacher your child your child told me uh, you love alcohol more than it and I'm like this is a sippy cup filled with vodka you dumb bitch I didn't want the kid <laughs> what are we ah and then it turns 12 and it starts doing ketamine and I'm like who is your dealer I can take you to Burning Man with me. We can finally get to know each other. That's going to be amazing. And then it turns 15, and it teaches me just the cutest little thing, right? Like if you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers. You smoke them from the mouth of it, right? And then at 17, it finally dies of this massive, you know, like cocaine, heroin, overdose. No, like what are they? The speed balls, like to the vein, right? And I'm like 17 years. 17 years. That is the latest late-term abortion I could ever have. That's a 17-year late-term abortion. It was your choice, America, to put it through rehab four times, not mine. What a waste of taxpayer money. You could have just given it to Planned Parenthood in the beginning and everything would have been okay. I know no taxpaying money goes to Planned Parenthood. I know that. I know. That's just the line they tell everybody. I'm just playing on their side. The point is, I don't make me have a baby. It's a terrible idea for everyone. Yay, abortions. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who wants me? Is You don't get paid to be a mom. This is a crazy thing. It just makes... It's, it's, it's so political, right? Like... Uh, had just being a woman, right? Because there's women's work and raising a baby. There's no W-2 when you're a mom. There's no social security number. There's no anything. And yet it's literally called labor, <laughs> right? Like why is the labor of raising a child not worth it? You can be a nanny and you can get paid for it. You can be a teacher and you can get paid for it. But if you're a mom, you get fucking shit. Why? Because we live in a sexual, like a misogynistic power hierarchy where we're totally subjugated constantly. Look at the language. The language is political, right? What do I fucking call myself? I'm a what man. I'm a female. I'm a person. We're all people. And I know it's not spelled like that, but boys have a peephole and girls have a vagina, right? I have to call myself a feminist because it's the only word without the word men in it. Anybody go to school spelling? It's spelled with an I. <laughs> I am a feminist. I'm sorry, it's difficult. Everyone else on T9 these days. Put it into your Google. You can find out. It's a real word. It's spelled with an I. It makes me so crazy. Like, right? Menstruation. The one thing you could literally never do. You can never do it. Your name's all over it. And you think it's gross. Menstruation. What the fuck, ladies? Right? Menopause. I get it. I'm going to get through menopause soon, and men are going to pause on me. That one makes sense. 
She's old. Oh, pause on that one. Sorry, just everything's so political. The language, it's all right there. It's all right there for us to see, and we can't even see it. That's what it makes me so frustrated. Not just because I can't taste anything. This would be a great time to suck dick, right? Like, I can't taste shit. This is like, right? I can't smell or taste anything. Now's the time. Let's eat ass. All the kids are doing it, right? They all have sense of taste and smell, but I don't. Eat the butt, I guess. Great. That's awesome. Like, I don't eat shit like every fucking day anyways. What's the difference, right? Oh, okay. Feminism. Knock, knock. Feminism. I can get my own fucking door, thank you. It's like, it's like the precept of feminism, I think. I don't think that's, like, that's what it was built on or whatever. It's cool. A lot of women in the 70s burned bras and read books and shit so that I can talk about my butthole on stage, and I feel good about that. I have, I have uh, you know, I'm an old lady. I got some hemorrhoids. No babies, but hemorrhoids. And... Um, it looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. It's meaty. Looks like a bunch of worms trying to escape a hungry robin. Yeah, yeah, honesty, that's what works, right? It's good. Leave you guys with a nice dick-sucking joke because it's that kind of room. Uh, I've always had, I mean, well, Alex Woody was here earlier. Perfect last name for an uncircumcised guy, right? I have this fantasy about being with a circumcised guy because I want to pull up his dick and I want to pull his foreskin up over his dick and I want to put whiskey in his foreskin because I want whiskey dick for real. Can I, can I finally get what I want? You know, it's twofold. One, I like new and sexy ways to drink whiskey because I'm an alcoholic. And two, boys are gross. You got to clean out all that schmegma. They're so gross. Okay, thanks, yay! Back with intriguing positive minerals. You enter the center, circulating in random with no condom. No Keep it going for Pam Benjamin. That was awesome. Pam, I don't think you got any tickets, but I know I have a card that says period. I know I have a card that says smegma of all things. I was like, no one's ever going to say smegma on stage. I'm the only person who uses that word. I don't know. I, they're all random, but it's probably in this pile. But no one has. Everyone has two cards, right? Everyone has two tickets. <laughs> it's kind of a stretch. Maybe someone can just talk about the date next. But now that everyone knows what you got, so we can talk about tomorrow. <laughs> uh, wow, that was awesome. I uh, I don't know where to go from there. Um, I don't want to talk about foreskin. <laughs> I've never tried that. I. I might. <laughs> oh, I can't do it to myself, can I? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see how we're doing. On. Okay, we're doing great. Uh, oh, sorry, that's right. Okay, Pam, so uh, you have, you got no t- triggers, but uh, I have a uh, another appropriate I'm so white button to go with your jacket. Um, I have a $5 gift card to Pine Tar Grill, which I know has a, a mic on Wednesday nights. Again, I'm, I'm retiring, so I'm never going to get there. So I know you'll make it out. And uh, I'm also going to drop $20 into the Muni Radio bucket. Is it this one right here? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, everything, everything else you gave me was branded with Muni Radio, so I assume you don't want it. <laughs> um, okay. Moving on. Our next comedian is another talented friend of mine. Um, I met him at my third open mic. And... Um, <laughs> 
I walked in, I, I got there early as I do most mics, and it was just him and me, and he was already there. And he was super nice, super kind, introduced himself to me, and I was like, this guy's kind of weird. And I was really like rude and cold to him, um, but the fact that I have a couple of friends here tonight, I think they can attest to that is actually just my signature move, uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm kind of a dick. Um, but luckily, joke's on me, because he was the funniest comedian there that night. Uh, he's been kicking ass all over the Bay Area. He has defeated me in comedy competitions. He is currently a finalist in the Burbank Comedy, Com- Burbank comedy Festival. So who looks, like, who looks like an asshat now? Me. Me. That's, a, that's not a rhetorical question. It's always me. If anyone ever asks who looks like an asshat, just say Chris Holstein. <laughs> um, and you can see him very soon next at the Lost Church on April 30th as part of the Funny Immigrant Show. Uh, give it up for my friend Hong Ming Lu. Thank you, Chris. Do you have a I'm so nice button? I'm so nice. Okay. I'm so nice. Here's how nice I am. Uh, if it's raining really hard outside, I will stay home so that there's one fewer Asian driver on the road. <laughs> That's how nice I am. Uh, originally from China, China is actually a very simple country. Just imagine a Chinatown. Then imagine that all the neighboring towns are also Chinatown. That's it, that's China. Um, so um, I, but being born as a Chinese, it's actually um, the, the least special thing a baby can do, I think. Because statistically, you're just not that special. Like, imagine a Chinese baby was born and, and he would, uh, imagine a Jewish baby, right? They will be so excited, like, oh, I, I, I'm the chosen people. And imagine a Chinese baby. Oh, I'm Chinese. I'm chosen to cook for the Jews. <laughs> Not exciting. Not exciting. I mean, um, so I, I, I was born in China. I, w- I went to college in China. I was just a one of the biggest nerd in in the campus. I remember I always have a huge journal with me. I wrote down everything. Like, 10.30, go to the library. 10.30, finish my homework. 10.30, my watch is broken. Write down everything. So, but, um, but I was so excited when, when, when I, after, graduated from college, I came to United States. I was so excited. I remember I was 20-something kid. I was so excited, I was counting the days. Like, anybody on the street, at a bus station, if they asked me, how long you been here? I had a ready answer, like, one day, two days. When it gets 10 days, I realized the guy at the bus station was asking me how long I have been waiting for the bus. I told him 10 days. First time I went to the bank, when the teller asked me, Mr. Liu, how do you like your money? I said, I like my money very, very much. So you see, I have a lot to learn. uh, The first city I went to is Chicago. And my favorite place in that city is Chicago Public Library. There's only one thing I don't like about it. There was a quote on the wall. 
from Oprah Winfrey. She said, "Getting my library card was like citizenship. My library card is my American citizenship." Really? I spent ten years to get the eligibility to apply for American citizenship. I find her comparison really disappoint. I can't even say that word. That's why I'm in the library. So every time when I went by that quote, this what what plays in my mind. What if I'm in the light uh, in the airport when the officer asks for my papers? I just show them my library card. Just imagine the look on the officer's face. What? This is Chicago Public Library card. You must be one of us. Welcome home. And I'll be like, Wow, Oprah is right. This is my citizenship. And I will walk like a Bruce Lee. And then siren will be all around me. And the officer chased me down, pushed me, grabbed my card, pushed my face. Look, you almost fooled me. Look, your car. Has expired, but I'm really a lucky guy. I, I I was born with a silver chopsticks in my mouth, <laughs> but I think I'm lucky because I get to do comedy to tell my side of the story. Because we don't see things the same way. First, our language, English and Chinese, are so different. They're like apple and Mandarin. <laughs> you say tomato, I say Xi Hongshu. You see things made in China, I see them homemade. Your national bird, spotted eagle. My national bird, Peking duck. Your national pastime is baseball. My national pastime is eating my national bird. <laughs> so, so when I hear somebody say, "Let's make America great again," I was confused. Is America pretty great? That's why I'm here. And when somebody say, "Let's build a wall," I was like, "It doesn't work." We tried two thousand years ago, and guess what? The other side hasn't paid it yet. <laughs> so think about the Great Wall of China. It's it's great, right? It's still standing two thousand years later. It's so good. It's very hard to imagine it's made in China. <laughs> But all I'm saying is, don't follow a failed project. The Great Wall of China was supposed to keep foreigners out. It attract more foreigners than any other place. But I think I'm lucky because I really need this comedy thing. I was always this weak, vulnerable person, and and sometimes I wonder what will I do if I have a heart of a lion? I'll probably eat it. <laughs> Chinese, <laughs> but really, I I use this sense of humor wrap around myself like armor to protect myself, which makes me a chink in the armor. It's just a joke. <laughs> I have stupider joke than this because when I first came to United States, this is real. When I saw 
a black person for the first time, I said to myself, wow, black people look like white people who drink too much soy sauce. <laughs> I know it's stupid, but I know nothing about race. Like in China, we pretty much just have one race. It's like the cartoon Simpsons. Everybody's yellow. Like, we have a show on TV called Amazing Race, not about competition, just about us. <laughs> but I have the biggest difficulty to explain to my mom what I'm doing here. She lived in China all her life, never seen stand-up before, so I was explaining to her this joke thing. Like how make people laugh, make me so happy. It's like dream come true. Finally, my mom was like, oh, so it's like American dream. I said, yeah. And then she said, so American dream is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but it is my dad who was, who, who was kind of uh, making a comment about American when he visited American for the first time and the only time, and he made just one comment about American. He, he liked everything about American except he told me, huh, I don't think American people have a sense of humor. I'm like, why? And, and my dad said, see, I've been here a couple days, no American has made me laugh. And nobody has laughed my joke. And I was like, dad, you don't even speak English. Okay, that joke didn't land. <laughs> okay, maybe a little too deep because that was trying to get people to think why they think Chinese doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> Do you speak Chinese? <laughs> okay, <laughs> but we do have a very different sense of humor. That joke will make every Chinese laugh, right? <laughs> and, and strange, our sense of humor is so strange. Like in China, we have this comedian, all he does is line up watermelon on the stage and just smash it. And the watermelon just spill all over and that's comedy? Right? <laughs> and we have a comedian who gets on the stage, all he yells out is rice and get a huge laugh. <laughs> it's, it's like you guys, American comedian, come on the stage and just yell out a hamburger. Right? That would be funny. Anyway, <laughs> there's no comparison, that's what, what I'm saying. Uh, but writing jokes is really fun. Because I was walking down the street the other day and I saw this restaurant called Japanese Sushi. Let me tell you, if it's called Japanese Sushi, it's Chinese Sushi. <laughs> because if, if you're authentic Japanese Sushi, you will have the confidence to call yourself Sushi. I wrote that joke when somebody introduced me as a funny comedian. Same thing. You don't need the extra information. Calling me funny comedian makes me feel like Japanese sushi. <laughs> like you, you don't need extra information. Like somebody need to tell that to New York. Just be New York. New York, New York doesn't help. <laughs> like if the extra information help, the greatest line in movie history will not be 
Look, I am your father. It will be, look, I am your biological father. <laughs> but writing jokes about things around me, about my family, that's real fun. I have two kids, um, they're 10 and 8. I brought them back to China a couple years ago, and my son noticed something and said to me, Dad, why all the family we met in China has just one kid? So I explained to them this one-child policy. And at the end, I looked at both of them and said, since we are Chinese, one day I have to get rid of one of you. <laughs> and they believed it. <laughs> Jump up and down like, keep me, keep me. <laughs> Let me tell you, if I have to get rid of one of my kids, it will probably be my son. His name is Kai Yan. In Chinese, it means open your mouth, speak your mind. He opened his mouth, he mocked me. I overheard him talking to his friend. Do you know that my dad? He doesn't even know what dab is. I was so sad. I almost cried. <laughs> and when Kai Yan, I was watching a TV program called Fresh Off the Boat. And Kai Yan was like, Dad, are you fresh off the boat? And I was like, no, 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 no. Your dad came to this country by, by ship, <laughs> scholarship. <laughs> but um, to be honest, it's, it's not the best time to be an immigrant in, in America. I've been telling people I'm from Norway. <laughs> and and uh, my mom called it the other day out of blue and say, Homing, when are you going to be deported? I was like, what? <laughs> I'm not going to be deported. Are you watching Fox News or something? But, and by the way, why you sound so happy? Like being deported is not a good thing. Right? <laughs> and then my mom said, but, 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 but then you will be home. Okay, <laughs> too real, okay. But it's a good note to end because I feel like home today. Thank you for laughter. With helmets on the space people, Galactica 8, the verdict can't demonstrate. Keep it going for Hong Ming Liu, please. Keep it going for Hong Ming. Oh my God. That was great. You guys know he's Chinese, right? Um, Hong Ming, you triggered the word China. Surprise, surprise. Uh, which I, where's my card? Where's the ticket? I believe it was green. So you're actually up a point, which puts you in the lead. China is number one. There we go. Um, and uh, let's see. I got some. I got some cool things. Oh, you know what? You're Chinese, so here's an "I'm so white" button that might help you assimilate. Uh, here's a Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival T-shirt. It's large, so your two kids could probably fit inside of it. And uh, you know your kid's ten; he's gonna start smoking soon. So here's a Muni Radio lighter. Does anyone in your family smoke? That's good. Every Chinese person I know smokes. Uh. Whew. Oh, so that was excellent. And we are gonna move on to our headliner. Have you guys noticed that every intro I've given is about me? That was very intentional and well designed um, because uh, I'm, I'm retiring from comedy so this is probably going to be my last headlining gig for a bit. I'm going to take a, at least three months to the rest of my life off from comedy. Um, <laughs> um, our headliner is a comedian I've seen at comedy clubs. 
all over the Bay Area. And uh, he has performed at Sketchfest. He recently featured for Rex Navarrete. And he runs an... Hmm? He recently opened for Rex Navarrete. And uh, he runs an excellent comedy show at the Holy, Holy Craft Brewery Company in San Francisco, which I might have to check out. Uh, and I don't have a personal story because he's honestly a next level comedian. He he's not slummy like I am, uh, so I haven't had I haven't had the chance to embarrass myself in front of him until now. Uh, he is a gentleman, uh, but let's make it loud for our headliner, Janesh Rollin. Thank you for that warm introduction, Chris. Um, dude, I'm sad to hear that you're retiring. What what prompted this? You just this is a whole other conversation. I feel like I just opened his therapy Pandora's box with that. Um, guys, a little about me. I used to be a really nerdy kid. People don't believe me when I say that shit because I don't look like that now. Like now, I just look like someone who wears way too much cologne. <laughs> and strangers come up to me like, hey, do you know where uh, the nearest Armani store is? I'm like, I don't work there, dude. But it's on Grant and O'Farrell. <laughs> this is, uh, but no, I was real nerdy, but I also loved hip hop, which led to me having a real weird personality. When I was 12 years old, I showed up to a math tournament in a velvet Sean John tracksuit. Like, just imagine 12 year old me, little guy, curly hair, my eyebrows enter a room before I do, and just completely decked out in velour, looking like I was an Arab guy there to sell flip phones to the other kids. <laughs> Like, I was just walking around like, Habibi, I'm going to give you the best deal on Boost Mobile. <laughs> like, I wanted to look like 50 cent, but I ended up looking like 50 rupees. You know what I'm saying? Still a big hip-hop fan to this day, though. Uh, I'm a big Drake fan. I love listening to Drake because, to me, Drake is the Barack Obama of rap. Like, he's obviously black, but he enunciates enough to make white people feel comfortable, you know? <laughs> Guys, I work in tech because I like to be a part of the problem, not the solution. <laughs> Background knows what I'm talking about. I uh, I travel a lot for work as a result, and sometimes I have to fly budget airlines. Like recently, I just flew Frontier Airlines for the first time. Has anyone else experienced this before? You? Just one poor person in the crowd. You get it. So for those of you who don't know, Flying Frontier Airlines is like if someone was riding Greyhound and went, yo, we should put this shit in the sky. <laughs> I think some of you still don't understand how bad this airline truly is, all right? When you try to take the tray table down in a Frontier flight, it's just a piece of cardboard that says, gotcha, bitch. And uh, my flight had a lot of turbulence on it, but you know what? When tickets are $50 a piece, you cannot expect to live every time. Am I right? Instead, the pilot came. Thank <laughs> I love that. He's like, yes, you are. Yes. Um, no, instead, the pilot came on the intercom. He's like, in case emergency landing, life rafts are available for purchase. We have five, so please act fast. I was like, what kind of Hunger Game shit is this? But my favorite part about Flying Frontier, my absolute favorite part, is that they never thank you because they know that shit wasn't by choice. 
Like I got off the plane, the flight attendant gave me a fist bump. He's like, hey, we fucking made it, bro. <laughs> it's great. I um I you know, I'm not scared of budget airlines though. That shit doesn't phase me because I'm an immigrant. Immigrants can handle anything, right? Are you Gregoire, are you immigrant or were you born here? Okay, fucking poser. <laughs> but no, uh, I'm an Indian immigrant. Uh, my family moved to Texas when we first moved here because my dad turned to my mom. He's like, hey, how can we fuck this baby up culturally? My mom was like, New Delhi to Houston, let's do this shit. And it was tough being an immigrant there because we were the only foreign family in our neighborhood which is really tough, so our neighbors would look at us from their house like, what the hell is going on over there? But luckily, that same year, another foreign family moved into the neighborhood, and they were from Pakistan. So my parents took a stand with my neighbors, and they were like, what the hell is going on over there? Anybody who didn't get that shit failed social studies. That's what... That is um, that was a joke for you, Hong Me. I think yeah, if anyone's gonna appreciate that, I uh, I was walking through the city earlier today and I saw a homeless take a shit outside of a Soul Cycle, and it was honestly the most beautiful San Francisco moment I think I've ever seen. Just like a constant reminder, this is the only place that gets more expensive and dirtier at the same time. You'd be the richest person in the world. You will still step in human shit here. I wish I took a photo of that moment. So my parents were like, hey, what's it like to live in San Francisco? I'm like, it's this. <laughs> it was uh, obviously a nice neighborhood because it had a soul cycle in it, but not every neighborhood's going to have that. So I've come up with a way on how I tell how good a neighborhood is. I look at what's in the strollers. Right? If I see a stroller full of shoes and DVDs, I'm like, dude, I got to get the fuck out of here. But if I see a stroller with a dog in it, I'm like, yo, I made it. <laughs> this neighborhood is just Whole Foods and yoga studios. The dogs are wearing AirPods too. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's great. Uh, I like this city a lot though. It's given me a lot of really cool opportunities to interact with seagulls. I don't know if you guys have experienced these devil's birds before, but... Uh, they're aggressive, man. Like, I've been on the pier before just eating churros, minding my own business. Seagull swoops in, takes my churro, eats the entire thing while staring at me. <laughs> I have never felt like more of a beta male in my life. These creatures are aggressive, but it makes sense because they are just pigeons with toxic masculinity. I think seagulls just sit with their bird bros being shitty, take some steroids, and like, watch this, dude. <laughs> Sup, bitch, you gonna finish that sandwich? Oh, hey, dude, check it out. There's a kid eating some ice cream. I'm gonna fucking ruin his day. Oh, did that person just shower on the beach? I'm just gonna, oh, that's nice. They're scary, man. If a seagull slapped my girlfriend's ass, I'd be like, baby, it's a compliment. Just keep moving. It's not worth the fight. I, uh, I actually live in the Tenderloin because I chose this career path. And uh, my building is managed by a 90-year-old woman named Mona. 
Now, I know many of you are thinking, hey, isn't 90 a little old to be managing a building? Yes, it definitely goddamn is. Like, if you're at constant risk to shit your pants, I don't know, maybe you take it easy. But Mona puts on her depends every day and gets to work. It's amazing. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it's hilarious because if you have a problem, like you have to call her because our building doesn't have a filing system, obviously, right? So you call her and she always picks up in less than three rings and answers, this is Mona. And then that's followed by like three seconds of awkward silence because that's a weird fucking way to answer a phone, right? That's like 90s rap introductions. Like, we know who you are. We called Mona. But no, uh, we recently had a problem where people kept stealing packages from our building. Again, goddamn surprise, right? So we called Mona and we let her know. And Mona decides this cannot happen on her watch. So like a geriatric Batman, she's like, I'm taking control of this situation. For those of you who don't know, geriatric Batman is like regular Batman if his parents were shot with a musket, you know? But instead of hiring like a security company or installing cameras, Mona just buys a baseball bat, which is kind of dope. It's the only sporting good that you buy if you love the sport or you just live in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> and she buys this baseball bat. We don't have any like packages stolen for a month. One day I'm walking out of the elevator. I see two dudes with masks on grabbing as many packages as possible. So I just shout, yo, stop that shit. And I call the elevator because I'm a bitch, dude. This is not my fight. <laughs> Luckily, out of the corner of my eye, I see Mona come out there with a baseball bat just gliding like a majestic diabetic gazelle. And she takes the bat, hits one of the dudes in the head and another in the ribs. I probably should have helped her, but we've established I'm a pacifist. Besides, who else was going to videotape the whole thing for the gram, dude? These two guys are on the floor. A guy who hit his head, knocked out cold. He might be dead. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Guy who's got hit in the ribs is crying his face off. He looks up. He goes, who are you, lady? And she goes, this is Mona. <laughs> I, um, I've been spending way too much time on social media, which is a problem I feel like we all have, right? Because we all have our favorite social networks. Like, what's your favorite social network, man? I, mean, I swear to God, if you say grinder, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Tumblr, okay. What about you? Uh, Twitter. Twitter, Miss yours. Facebook. Facebook. Those are all good social networks, right? My favorite social network is Venmo because it tells me what's really happening in my friends' lives. <laughs> like Venmo tells me more about my friends' dating lives than Facebook or Instagram ever could, and about how many people are buying Christmas trees in July, right? We get it, dude. You smoke weed. Cool. But no, I find out a lot about who my friends are dating. I saw my friends Sean and Nicole Venmo each other three times. Wine glass emoji, winky face. I was like, ooh, it's getting nasty. But it was too early to comment, so I just threw a like on that shit. Then only three weeks go by. I see Nicole Venmo Sean trip to Puerto Rico. So I write, hey, Nicole, aren't things moving a little rapido? 
She wrote back, please stop commenting. I was like, no. Because <laughs> after they came back, I saw Nicole Venmo, Alex, wine glass emoji, winky face. And I wrote, oh, Nicole. And she responds with, Alex is a girl, you idiot. So I wrote back, ooh, Nicole, with three tongue emoji. <laughs> and uh, Nicole blocked me on Venmo, you guys. <laughs> I, um, who here's in a relationship? Any of you? Yeah, you? You said it so bashfully, because you were like, you has you waited until other people responded. You're like, hopefully he picks on them, and then I'll say it later. But no, this plan has backfired. Um, is this your partner that you're here with, or no? You're with someone else. No. You're together. Okay, how long have you been together? I feel like you're lying to me, because you keep looking at each other for approval. Eight and a half, wait, okay, are you guys fucking with me or you two have actually been together eight and a half years? Congratulations. Hey! Even the dog's clapping, that's adorable. Okay, so serious question here. How important is oral sex to the relationship? Number one to ten. Ten as in the most important. I like that she didn't even ask about the middle. She's like, I'm just going to tell you what's the most important number, 10? 50. It's a 50. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. That's fair. Three tongue emojis worth. I like that. You've been listening. But no, I, I would agree. The oral sex is worth three tongue emojis, at least, right? Because that just shows someone you care. Like, I did a girl once who did not like oral sex giving or receiving. Pretty sad. But I lived off campus. She had a meal plan. I'd eat something, right? <laughs> like, if you're bad at oral sex, I have no sympathy for you. Because all oral sex requires is enthusiasm and sloppiness. That's it. You just got to treat it like a bowl of ramen. <laughs> like, you just got to get in there, engage your core, and just... Come up every few minutes, dab off the sweat, and you get right the fuck back in there. All right? Someone tries to take your bowl away. You're like, no way. There's still broth in here, sir. And you keep going. My message to the married men listening at home, munch that bento box, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I was, um, I've been with my girlfriend for four years now. And honestly, that shit has upped my skincare game so hard. Like, thank you. Yeah. My skin is so radiant, Koreans tell me they think I look great. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. And it starts with the shower, right? Like, the shower at a woman's house is just a whole different ball game. Like, they're playing chess. Men are playing tic-tac-toe with actual fucking rocks. Like, that's the game right now. Like, every guy is pretty much working with two for $5 CVS Old Spice. That's it. Does it smell good? Yeah, but it's predictable. I shower my girlfriend's place. She doesn't even use body wash, guys. She uses shower milk. What? <laughs> shower milk? Shower at her place. I end up smelling like farmer's market peaches, baby. Mm. 
It's amazing. She's got all these different kinds of face masks. Lemon, rejuvenating. Avocado, nourishing. Charcoal, racist. What? I thought we weren't allowed to do that anymore in 2019. It's the only mask I'll put on. I'm like, baby, no selfies, okay? And so many different kinds of lotions, too, like 15 choices. Honestly, it's overwhelming. Did you know your face, your hand, and your foot are all different kinds of lotions, sir? Because I didn't. But now I also take 40 minutes to get ready, and I'm like, babe, I did it for you. All right, we'll work on that one. It's okay. Um, before I leave, I'll leave you guys with one last story. I used to work on a lot of political campaigns. Uh, and as you can tell by my everything, I vote Democrat. And at one of these events, President Clinton came to speak to the staff. And this was a really cool moment because Clinton walks in charming as ever. He's wearing this beautiful woven bracelet. We're like, Mr. President, what is that? And he goes, well, when I was president... We invited the Columbian Children's Choir to come sing at the White House. And a year later, their leader was murdered by the cartels. So I wear this in solidarity and as a reminder that life is short. And people are tearing up. They are hugging each other. This is such a warm moment. Then President Clinton turns to me. He winks and he goes, bitches love that story. <laughs> All right, that's it for me, everyone. I'm Jane Strong. Thank you. Keep it going for Janesh Rowland, please. Keep it going. Excellent feature. Uh, okay. Janesh, I didn't see any cards go up. So you're at neutral zero points. Um, that actually puts Hong Ming as our winner for the game. No. <laughs> There, there are no winners, there are only losers. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Janesh, thank you for your time. I got a few prizes for you. Guess what? I'm so white. There you go. I'm so white button. And um, again, if you make it over to Drake's dealership, I believe there's like $20 on this. I'm not sure. Uh, and uh, in case you want to smoke with your, your, your Christmas tree friends, here's a Mutiny Radio lighter. I don't know if you smoke or not. I do not, so I have no use for lighters. Um, oh, you can do other things with them, can't you? <laughs> uh, bit of housekeeping. Pam, I do have a smegma ticket, see? I just wanted to prove everyone there is a card. This is a word in my le lexicon. Uh, I want to thank uh, all the comedians. Alex, Paul, oh, sorry, Alex Woody, Paul Conyers, Tim Pizza, Gregoire, Pam Benjamin, Hong Ming Liu, and Janesh Rollin. And uh, that's our show for the night. I want to thank everyone here at Mutiny Radio for supporting live comedy in the mission. Please bookmark mutinyradio.fm in your favorite web browser and listen to every podcast and show live or from the archives, including the first edition of this game show from last month. You can follow Mutiny Radio on Instagram at mutinyradiosf. And uh, in a desperate cash grab, I'm going to say that I'm going to sell all the, all the I'm So White buttons tonight, two for a dollar, and with 100% of the proceeds going back to Mutiny Radio. Uh, buy two and give one to your friends so you guys can match. Um, <laughs> I want to thank Pam. I think Pam wants us to eat some. <laughs> I think Pam wants to give us some dough with weed in it. <laughs> and uh, shout out to the tiny dog that just walked in. <laughs> um, have a good night. Good luck. Drive safely. I love you.
cyber analog through virtual reality Different colors of earth rocks and variety Medical equal with helmets on the space people Galactica 8, the verdict can't demonstrate You be confused and disobeying planet rules Biochemistry restores for publicity Megasonic base with data chips in your face Nuclear lint drums that bang hard on dark tracks Reacting reverb, conscious spots on your nerve I'll take a break like James Brown to the bridge Feedback, magnetic orders, x-ray You see skeletons fly north on the next day We get passes covered with the oxalate gases Return Here's George Jetson Back with intriguing positive minerals You enter the center, searching radiant random With no condom, no rubbers will reach the testicles And affect them By animal means, I'm in your spectrum As I walk through the garden of orange tomatoes I see blue flowers Navigation on the compass, moving in crystals, operating like speed. 
cyber analog through virtual reality Different colors of earth rocks and variety Medical equal with helmets on the space people Galactica 8, the verdict can't demonstrate You'd be confused and disobeying planet rules Biochemistry with stars for publicity Megasonic base with data chips in your face Nuclear lint drums that bang hard on dark tracks Reacting reverb, conscious spots on your nerve I'll take a break like James Brown to the bridge Feedback, magnetic orders, x-ray You see skeletons fly north on the next day We can pass this cover with the oxalate gases Return Here's George Jetson Back with intriguing positive minerals You enter the center, searching radiant random With no condom, no rubbers would reach the testicles And affect them By animal means, I'm in your spectrum As I walk through the garden of orange tomatoes I see blue flowers Utilizing tracks inverted by 